that's uh, the latest from David O. Russell. That's uh, Amsterdam with an all-star cast. Uh, welcome to Silver Screen Previews for October 7th, 2022. I'm your host, as always, Rob Martin, and on the other side of the aisle, returning co-host. Let's welcome her back. It's Callie Cox. Hello, Callie. Hi, Rob. How are you? Thanks for having me back. Great, great to see you. So we're talking about uh, this new movie called Amsterdam, which has a, a ton of stars in it. Let me just give you the schematics of the film in general. It's rated R, it's a comedy drama, and it's uh, directed by David O. Russell. It's in wide release uh, starting today. It stars Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Chris Rocks, uh, Zoe Saldana, Taylor Swift, Timothy Oliphant, uh, Andrea Riseborough, Michael Shannon, Robert De Niro, and John David Washington. Uh, three close friends find themselves at the center of one of the most secret plots in American history. Okay, Callie. Tackle this beast for me. Oh my gosh, where to even begin? What a list of people. I couldn't believe it. Like, they just kept, just kept coming, just kept coming. I was like, there's so many people. How did they, what was the budget on this movie? Um, (laughs) yeah, I, you know, I love a period piece. Um, so this mostly taking place in the 1930s was, was nice for me. Um, visually, I thought the costumes were really like a standout for me. I thought they really nailed it on that front. So shout out to the wardrobe department and the hair and makeup department for sure. Cinematography wise, we went a little hard on the sepia tone, if I'm honest. Uh, it's a little hard. There, there's a lot of times I was like turning up my brightness. I was like, am I, am I, was going to show up and that's kind of how I felt about the plot also I never knew what was going to happen and sometimes even when it was happening I wasn't really sure what was going on the plot is a little bit convoluted it is based on a true story um which is interesting but yeah it gets a little convoluted um it could honestly have used some time in the editing room I feel overall it was like a little bit too too long a little bit too much going on I was I was I don't know, I found myself being a little bit not sure where to look. (laughs) (laughs) So overall, it's uh, what you can see of it is really nice to look at, Um, but the plot got a little too out of hand for me, so um, I, this one was a thumbs down for me. All right, you seem so happy about it, it's like a happy thumbs down. Uh (laughs) I'm just happy to be here, Rob, I'm just happy to chat with you. You're just very excited about uh, Amsterdam, I can see, but you, you gave it a constructive thumbs down, which is also good. So, hey, yeah. on uh, my end, look, I, I, it is very hard to, uh, to judge a film like this, but you, you give it, you go by the schematics of it. First of all, I didn't like it at all. I didn't like this film at all, not because of the sepia and all that stuff, because I saw, like, okay, I know what they're trying to do visually. Okay. I, yeah, I know. That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> But the big crime in this movie is when you have too many stars in one movie and it takes up most of the movie, it, it's a distraction. It diverts from the story and everything else that's going on plot-wise. You become lost. And that's what happened here, unfortunately. Too many distractions. Uh, you know, when you have too many detours in the plot lines also, it just fails you completely. There's no chemistry, zero chemistry between uh, the, the main characters. I don't understand that this was the, the what do you call it, Star Wars Part 7, where I couldn't find any chemistry between Ray, Finn, and, and the other guy. I, I, like, what is going on here? Nothing. Zero. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just dull, not fun. It's kind of like watching paint dry, which is not fun for me at all, even though I, sometimes I have to do it. In this case, uh, it's too long. 
It's too convoluted. It's just too much going on, and the stars are a distraction. So in the end, uh, waste your money somewhere else. I give this movie a thumbs down for Amsterdam on Silver Screen Previews. I hate to be so harsh to start off the show. Right off the bat. Right off the bat, right? No no mercy whatsoever because that's the yeah. way we do it. We don't try to waste time and just get you just get to it. People have other things to do on Friday night except watch yeah. us, right? Yeah. Our second film tonight on Silver Screen Previews is Luckiest Girl Alive, which is an R-rated drama. It's in theaters uh, on a limited basis today. Also on streaming, it's on Netflix. So directed by Mar Mike Barker and stars uh, Mila Kunis, Finn Whitrock, and Chiara Aurella. A woman in New York who seems to have things under control is faced with a trauma that makes her life unravel. So here's a clip from Luckiest Girl Alive out today. The very talented uh, Mila Kunis right there in uh, Luckiest Girl Alive, which is accessible through Netflix today and also in uh, playing in limited release in theaters across America. Uh, Callie Cox, Luckiest Girl Alive. Do you feel like the luckiest girl alive? I mean, right now, here, doing the show with you, absolutely. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> you're so sweet. Oh. I try. All right, now, be, no, be um, venomous now. Be like a snake and attack this movie. Okay, yes. Um, so, I just want to preface anything uh, I say about this movie with the fact that the movie is based on a book, and the book, uh, the author, Jessica Knoll, did come out and say that it is uh, inspired by her own um, sexual assault story. Um, so just, I think it's important that that is acknowledged um, before I get critical. So, <laughs> um, first off, I have a bone to pick with Netflix's marketing department uh -huh. because I think this movie is a little bit mismarketed. It's marketed as a thriller. It's shot like a rom-com, in my opinion, like yes. a Netflix rom-com. Yes. Um, which is an interesting choice. I all it's not quite a rom com either. I I don't know. I think someone, you know, maybe they maybe they needed another meeting to, to finalize <laughs> it on that front. <laughs> but, um, as you said, Mila Kunis, she's she's phenomenal. She does a wonderful job in this role. This is obviously a tough role and tough subject matter to deal with. I thought her and uh, Kiara Aurelia, I think is how you say her name. Apologies if not, but you got like it. young Ani. Yes, uh, who played young Ani. I thought she was excellent as well, which is good because they had quite a bit of selling to do, I think, of the the actual script and the dialogue itself. So many scenes I found myself sitting through that I was like, this had such an opportunity to be something and to say something really powerful. And at times it almost felt to me like they were more worried about having a quotable moment than about Ooh. actually using the dialogue to tell the story. Great Which point. is unfortunate. Yeah, great point there. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate because these are obviously, you know, the topics it deals with are incredibly real and incredibly, you know, tragic and, and difficult to speak about and make art about. So it is really unfortunate. And on that front, my biggest issue with this movie was that there are a couple of scenes that I don't really know that I can totally get into this because of spoilers but there are a couple of scenes that are shot in a way that i think is incredibly exploitative of the issues that we're talking about and of real people who have survived these situations that are very much something that is part of people's everyday reality and i just think that they're shot in such a way that it actually took me out of the story and didn't serve them in the way that they thought they were going to there was a way to make them make those scenes i'm not sure if you know what i'm talking about but 
um, yes, you know, more, yes, of course. more tasteful and more tasteful is maybe not the right word even, but more that could have been even more powerful maybe in showing a little bit less. Yeah. So for me, that actually was kind of the deal breaker. So unfortunately, this is going to be another thumbs down for me tonight. Loud, clear, and uh, noted. Thumbs down for uh, Luckiest Girl Alive from Callie Cox right here on Silver Screen Previews. I agree with you 100%. I don't like this film at all based on how it was delivered. And on top of that, there's too many flashbacks. Why? Yes. There's not needed. Yeah. And too many characters. There's not needed either. I could just go by too many characters, too many flashbacks, too much this, too much that. Look, I'll be honest with you. This feels a lot like multiple movies in one. Uh, when that happens, th the script and the movie itself suffer from schizophrenia. And that is a major problem. Because when you can't describe the film to a viewer and show them what's going on, and you keep confusing them every single turn, you will lose that person and they will want to change the channel or walk out of the theater. I have news for you people. Don't do it when you're making these films. And Netflix, again... I don't know who is producing these films, but they are missing the mark. Lifetime Channel has better movies than this, the way it's executed, you know? And that and that's fictional stuff, you know, the way that it's yeah. portrayed. So here, it's supposed to be a true story, or, you know, based on some things, but hey, they do it the wrong way. There is no depth whatsoever to the character that Mila Kunis plays. That's a failure from the script writing department and dialogue as well. I love Mila Kunis, but she needs to pick better roles and not be drawn in by certain subject matter. When it's it's written wrong, it's written wrong, and you're going to look bad when you're doing the movie. That's the problem with this. So in the end, uh, I give this movie a thumbs down to uh, Luckiest Girl Alive, unfortunately. so Not so lucky tonight. Not so lucky tonight. All right, let's move on. Uh, our next film on Silver Screen Previews is Bromates, which is a comedy. Unfortunately, we do not have a clip because we had a system problem uh, uploading a video for this. So we'll just use the poster. Uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, Bromates, I'll give you these uh, schematics, is an R-rated comedy directed by Court Crandelk. And it's in uh, limited theater release today. Also streaming on Vudu and iTunes today. Stars uh, Josh Brenner, Lil Rel, uh, Lil Rel, Lil Rel uh, Howery, Taryn Manning, and of course Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Two best friends who break up with their girlfriends at the same time, subsequently deciding to move in with each other. So the story on this movie is that it's a comedy. It slapsticks a lot of uh, crude humor. Reminds you of a lot of the 90s movies, 80s movies. But I come to you first, Callie Cox, on this one. Bromates, what was your opinion on this film? I was so excited to watch this movie because there are so many sort of rom-com type movies or rom-coms in, in general that are about women healing from breakups and I was so excited to see one about like two best friends who are guys right like, supporting each other through this time because men deserve to have emotions too they Shocking, do I know <laughs> I, yes feel your feelings guys um crude humor the kind of cheap jokes didn't quite do it for me I also think it relies a lot on stereotypes and caricatures in a way that is not necessarily an intentional choice it just feels almost lazy specifically about how the women are portrayed like it, it almost could have been like if if they'd gone stronger in one direction or the other like making this person like a really just a complete archetype but in this case it just kind of felt like lazy writing to me and you know the plot moved pretty quickly through the first act like i i was like oh good we're like getting to the getting to the meat of it really quickly and then it kind of slowed to a stop 
it was almost like a different movie at one point, and I, I was, it was a little all over the place for me. So I hate to say it, but this was another thumbs down from me. Another thumbs down. This is not like me at all. It's so. Yeah, you sound so happy though doing it, which is which gives me a lot of refreshing uh, comfort. Uh, honestly, Callie Cox. Oh, that's good. So a thumbs down for uh, Bromates uh, by Callie Cox. I agree with you 100% again, Callie. This movie also can be seen on Prime Video, by the way, folks. Look, the, the only funny moment... Well, there was like three funny moments in this entire movie for me. Uh, because I think maybe they hired a lot of the SNL uh, script writers to try and get the comedy out. And, of course, it failed because Saturday Night Live hasn't been funny for like 30 years. Uh, there's a, well, the, the, uh, the, swing, uh, the sex swing set uh, scene. That's funny. Uh, that happens in the yep. first act where uh, the main character of uh, Josh Brenner's sleeping and... Uh, <laughs> And Mr. Uh, uh, was it uh, little little Rel Howery? Uh, he's uh, having sex with this other girl on the swing, and and he, like he's underneath. So you figure that out. He screams, Howery screams, the girl screams, and even the dog howls. So that was pretty funny. Uh, the other scene that was hilarious, where where they're in this I guess uh, karaoke bar or no, this kind of like a strip dance club or something like that. So this there's, there's a girl dancing and and Del Howery, uh, and he just like goes into the into the song he gets too into the song where they're describing a, a woman's body parts and he just joins in talking or insinuating that the body parts of the woman are on him and he's just uh gyrating left and right and the the music stops and everybody looks at him like what okay so that was the only positives of the movie uh <laughs> but this has to be the most unfunny comedy of the year for me because the scrap the the the, the crap the scrap you might as well call it scrap because the script is a big bulldog uh, bag of poop. Uh, yeah, and, and look, the relationship between uh, Sid and the girlfriend at the beginning, I, I knew it. I saw that coming like a mile away. As soon as they broke up, the next door neighbor, he takes her in. He wa And I saw, okay, nah, there's got to be some kind of uh, wall-banging scene where the other guy, Sid, gets annoyed and he starts hearing them have sex all, every night. And that's what happened. It's just so predictable. Such lazy okay. writing. Oh, look. Howard tries hard. He's kind of like a poor man's uh, Kevin Hart. That's the way I would describe him. He's talented, but he's not on that level. He's trying so hard. Uh, the writing is, again, a big problem here. The plot lines are disjointed. A lot of it's missing in action. It's just things don't make sense. I'm like, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? It's just ridiculous. Uh, a, a total waste of time. So if you want to check out for those three scenes or two scenes, go ahead. But uh, aside from that, this is a big thumbs down from uh, Bromates. It's tough. It's tough, Callie. Uh, when it comes to these kind of movies, I, I know that they try hard, but it just seems like these uh, executives are, are and writers and directors are just not creative enough, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, I, I definitely think that. And I think that one of the big issues I have, and I know I've talked about this, the biggest thing for me is... is character i think that's true for anybody you need to be invested in a character to be invested in a movie and i think that a lot of times when comedies are being written people forget they, they have to write real people not just jokes like yeah. unless you're writing sketch comedy which is a totally different thing but if you're <laughs> writing a, a, a comedy film yeah we need to also have like real life characters that we can sort of laugh at and live with and and enjoy our time with Definitely. Rather than just joke, Excellent. joke, joke, that also is not funny. All right, our next film tonight on Silver Screen Previews, our final film, is a sequel. It's called Terrifier 2. Now, this film is all you would expect in a slasher film, 
coming out straight from the 80s, 90s. This is it. Uh, there is not going to be any disappointment between horror fans for this movie. This is your kind of, you know, salad bowl. This is your stuff. All I can say is that this movie uh, is off the charts with goriness and blood and splatters. So if you like that stuff, like I do too sometimes, then this movie is for you. Terrifier 2. There's an original one called Terrifier, which is even worse as far as the gross-out scenes. The gore is just out there. Uh, it's directed by Damien Leone. It's in theaters in wide release uh, today. Stars Phyllis Rose. You remember her from Sleepaway Camp. David Howard Thornton plays the uh, the big terrifier guy called Art the Clown. And also stars Griffin Santipietro and Chris Jericho. After being resurrected by a sinister entity, Art the Clown returns to the timid town of Miles County where he targets a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween night. So here's a clip from Terrifier 2 right here on Silver Screen Previews. <laughs> Art the Clown and Terrifier 2 right here in Silver Screen Previews. All right, Callie Cox, your opinion on this film. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Um, how he holds that smile for that long is so beyond me. How he's David Howard Thornton is absolutely horrifying and phenomenal in this, and he wasn't the first one too. But I hate clowns and therefore am always terrified of any horror movie that has a clown in it. Um, I also am, I'm really picky about slasher movies. Like, I'm actually not a huge fan of gore, but I loved this movie. I thought this was great. I actually liked this one better than I even liked the first one, which I think is says a lot because sometimes sequels tend to fall short, but this one definitely did not disappoint. You already mentioned it, that all the blood, all the gore, all of that uh, that you get in the first one, you get it. And I think it's even like, you know, in some ways it's very amped up in this one and I think part of that is because the prosthetics and the special effects makeup team had I don't know if it's more budget or it's just because it's made you know later and the technology is better I don't know but they absolutely crushed it um they also took out some of the more like pornographic elements that are in the first movie which I think ended up serving the story much better Mm -hmm. in this one and this one had more of a story which I, I, I loved I, I loved the story that they told. They spent this movie slightly longer mm-hmm. than its yes. predecessor. But I do think that they, for the most part, there's a couple scenes that maybe could have been trimmed down, but for the most part they earned it because they spent that time developing the characters and developing the relationships and developing more of a plot line so you're not just getting the gore, you're also getting invested. So, yeah, and there was even a little bit of dark comedy in it a few times. I actually laughed a few times. Like, it's, it was... All around, it was an excellent sequel and a great film. So, yeah, especially if you're into horror and slasher films, like, yeah, thumbs up. Definitely check this one out. All right, so thumbs up from Callie Cox on Terrifier 2, the sequel to Terrifier. You know, Callie, actually, I like this character of Art the Clown better than the uh, It Clown. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I don't know which one I like better. I feel like they're... I like Art the Clown better because he's more terrifying. He just comes at you. The other one's yeah. about games. The other one's about trickery. It's about being hiding here and then popping out. I'm like, I don't care about that. Just come at me with the clown and, and 100% with a knife or whatever or axe or whatever he's got. Yeah. You know, that's what I want to see. So on Terrifier 2, uh, you know, this one's about an evil spirit that revives Art the Clown because he, I guess he dies in the first one, as we saw. And so he goes on the rampage again. There's the family aspect here. It's on par with the first movie, I thought. Uh, the scenes are just so brutally gory that they really get to the the crux of the idea. No, Callie? Yeah, absolutely. 
And there's great practical effects here as well, and uh, credit to the makeup teams, the makeup uh, and costuming teams. Excellent sound, which is what you need in a horror film. That's the critical aspect, atmosphere creation with sound. That's why the Halloween movies have worked so well over the years. The kills were on point as far as shock value. The brutalities there, I, I give it a thumbs up for uh, Terrifier 2. All right, Callie Cox, give us your social media coordinates, please. Yes, uh, you can find me at Callie J. Cox here on Instagram, over on Twitter, and over on TikTok. Excellent. Thank you, Callie. Uh, we'll see you around the way. Yes. Thank you for having me back. Until next week, the balcony is closed. Have a great night, everybody. Yeah.